What up, what up, GM, GM, good morning, good morning. Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. Look at that. Another beautiful day to have a beautiful day. I mean, it's quite gray out here. It is fall after all. The fall is upon us in Canada. It's slowly starting. The cold is creeping on us. You know the vibes. It's it's about to get cold out here. It's about to get cold. <laughs> OSAP, Golden, good morning. GM. Is it just me, by the way, or is it really hard to find Rug Radio now on Twitter Spaces? Because it's hard to find like, everything on Twitter Spaces. At the top, they don't tell you the name of the space. They just have like this weird purple bar, and it says like someone is speaking. But even then, it doesn't have that either. So I just can't find it. I have to like go to your profile and then click on your PFP to then get onto it because it's just like so difficult to navigate on Twitter spaces. Yeah, it's uh, navigating on Twitter spaces um, is probably harder than navigating um, whatever waves I was watching the deadliest catch people navigate for Alaskan King Crab. Um, and uh, <laughs> great show, by the way. Great show. Makes you love that crab even more, not gonna lie. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they've made it unusable. Unusable. Uh, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, we, we, we like, we like y'all. We like y'all. Don't cut our reach. Mando, <laughs> good morning. GM, man. GM. Still, still summer in Portugal. Beautiful here. God, dude. Yeah. Thank you for flexing, flexing on hard. us. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Dude, wicked wicked uh, tuna is better than the crab, without a doubt. <laughs> Alaskan king crab is the best. But... <laughs> You ever watch that show, Simon? It's great. I love Which it. one? A Deadliest Catch. Oh, it's great, yeah. <laughs> Yo, fuck but... the Twitter spaces bar, dude. Fuck it. I was trying to find <laughs> I was trying to find this space and it took me like three minutes. It's it's harder to operate the space than it is to drive a fucking car. Like I, I just don't get it. I, I why is there a giant fucking bar that has no text? It just takes up the entire width of my fat ass phone. And then half the time I'm scrolling, I accidentally click it and <laughs> pop in the space I don't want to be in. And it's just like, why the fuck did they design this this way? Oh, and why don't they fuck. change it? Anyway, I'm done. No, what's funny is it, it used to be fine and they made it work. It used to be perfectly fine. We it, we used to be cool with it. <laughs> you guys cracked me up. Yeah, it's true. I mean, for those listening on replay on other platforms and Twitter, you guys, you guys got to figure it out. You guys are, that's the alpha. <laughs> Go find the morning show. On 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 uh, on uh, on Spotify or Apple or the other million platforms where we upload them on now, <laughs> but <laughs> it's true. They, I think they said they would fix it, but anyways, I saw I heard Pio also this morning complaining about Twitter. Uh, so I feel like it, I feel like it's mutual across all 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 hosts of our shows. We all we all have something to say. Anyways, so today today's gonna be a great show. I already feel the vibes, the pumping. I love that. As usual. 
NFT and macro daily summary. Is there any actual IP yet in the space? And who are the best contenders? Just following up a conversation I had yesterday on Twitter around the whole Disney thing and whether they're acquiring or not or not. So it would be interesting to just have a short conversation on that. I did notice also our blocks canonized the first eight seasons, um, eight projects. Our blocks, uh, really cool stuff here. Uh, Polygon, uh, which is going to be working with Robinhood uh, to onboard all the all the all the DJs, which is great. Uh, thank you, Polygon. And then, <laughs> and then, special guests. We have Andy, we have Dees, and we have Joey. And we have Joey, who who's excited about getting our Rugridos. This dope from Tessera, uh, which was uh, formerly a fractional art. And we're going to have a great conversation about Nowlets, about fractionality. Formerly fractional. We weren't fractional art. Fuck the old name. It was so <laughs> fucking confusing. See, this <laughs> is why we changed our name. Because we don't. people didn't even know what the fuck our name was. This true. It was just fractional. It was fractional.art. <laughs> that fractional art hat I have is going to be uh, really valuable. Yeah, that was, that's a, that's a, that's a that's store value right there. Uh, not going to lie. If you offered me one Bitcoin and that hat, it'd be a tough choice. Um, and so, <laughs> digital gold. Um, and so, so, so with the Tessera team, great conversation around uh, fractional NFTs and, and all that good stuff. So it's going to be a great one. Excited for today uh, and, to dive, um, and to dive into the topics today. Uh, so you know what to do as usual. At the top, pin the titles, retweet them, share them. Let the people know we're here. Tell your mother, tell your father, tell your uncles and your cousins. As the show has started, bottom right, if you want to participate within the space, as usual, you can feel free to tag us and whatnot. So let's get right into it. Let's hear about this market, because what I'm seeing is a little bit of green. Daily Market Report, brought to you by Rub Radio. Yeah, hey guys, it's it's, um, it's looking pretty good today. Um so equities are up about one percent interest rates had like a mega sell-off yesterday i think two year got to 4.3 percent 10 year got to like almost 4.1 percent they've now rallied back again this morning so on a 24-hour basis we're unchanged but we had this like huge spike yesterday in yields and now they've come back um oil has been down for quite some time oil is now trading in the high 70s so that's through the lows of the year it's basically at the lows Crypto is up. Like I'm kind of surprised. Bitcoin is above 20k. ETH is almost at four fourteen hundred. Altcoins have held in relatively well. So I guess I'm just like surprised at how well the equity market has held up, and therefore crypto, given this huge sell-off in interest rates. Like I don't know, interest rates. Stocks are at the lows of the year, and last time we were at these lows, it was in June. Um, crypto was obviously something like sixty percent lower then. But interest rates were like 60 or 70% lower then as well. So you've had this huge move in interest rates and stocks have held in amazingly. I think, again, it just tells me like all of this stuff is quite well telegraphed probably and people are just short or defensively positioned. And it just feels like this is a massive trade out there, like stocks higher, rates higher. Just feels like this this huge pain trade as we head into Q4. Um, But yeah, just like it just feels like another bear market squeeze, but I'm... Uh, pretty surprised how how well stocks and risk assets are holding in and and are actually up today. I think that's it. What what caused this? Um, you know, every time if I wake up in the morning and I see uh, Kaleo tweet saying twenty thousand United States dollars for one Bitcoin, 
I'm instantly happy. How many pounds would that be, by the way? I think that's like two pounds. 20, <laughs> I think the pounds kind of, re- uh, well, not recovered, but yeah, I was working on it. But every time, if I wake up in the morning and I see 20,000 United States dollar for one Bitcoin in caps lock, uh, I, I automatically know I'm about to have a good day. Uh, but Ovi, what, what, what's going on there? Uh, what, what's making us all be the one percenters today? I just, I just think like, um, it's I, the only explanation I have. I think it's just another thing where everyone maybe got a bit too bearish and like sold risk, and then it turns out like next catalyst is next week, then the next catalyst is like later in this month. But like, all the information is out there on the table now. Like the Fed's said what it's going to do. Like it's all priced in. Interest rates are there. Um, the next thing that could happen, like, I don't really know. I mean, I said this last month. I don't really know how much more hawkish they can really be. Like, they're pretty much max hawkish. So it's all it's all there now. Like, in, like two-year interest rates are 4.3%. Just think about how crazy that is. It's all priced in. So maybe, like, stuff rallies and stuff squeezes because people are still short stocks, people are short crypto. And the next thing that could happen could be a positive thing. Like, what if payrolls is lower than expected? Then the Fed might have to start changing its tune. Like, what if inflation is and shelter inflation is lower next month, the Fed might change its tune. Like, we've been through, like, the aggressive interest rate hikes. We've priced in the, the forward interest rate hikes. And maybe the next thing, the next surprise thing that could happen is, like, a positive piece of information. And p- maybe people are just, like, too defensively positioned or too bearish. And I think that's where you get these bear market squeezes. Like, positioning has to be short on stocks. Like, it, it has to be too defensive because interest rates are higher, a lot higher in the, in the last few days. And equities are bouncing today so um the only thing i can attribute that to is positioning because there isn't really a strong fundamental reason for it it's uh it's i guess i guess this is good news i guess this this okay news for now uh <clears throat> things are looking uh things are looking not bad today uh it was the first time in weeks that you opened up the show uh ov by saying things are actually okay today <laughs> i got used to to the jingle and then to ov saying well Things are pretty bad out there, <laughs> so I'm not gonna lie. Uh, despite the the cold and great weather here in Montreal, Canada, uh, you give me uh, you give me a little bit of warmth inside of my soul. No, okay, this is not the night show. Uh, anyways, so, um, <laughs> so things things are okay. Um, Keep that one in the DMs, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll hit you in the DMs. Uh, we're not not gonna make it. Uh, so that's what it is. NNGMI. We're not not gonna make it, and uh, <laughs> I'm so su- I'm surprised nobody's coined that yet. Um, and so I guess we'll wait and see um, on that front. So thank you for uh, for that uh, little uh, you know rundown. What's ETH at right now? At thirteen eighty eight, I have here thirteen eighty eight, and then oh, it even hit fourteen hundred for for a split second on the dot. Love to see it's, that. Th- this is like the pain trade all over again. You remember? The- the, the rally that happened in July was called like the most <laughs> yeah, hated page. rally. That was hurtful. This is going to be one of those, it feels like, where no one really knows what's going on. The bond market is getting absolutely hammered and the stock market hasn't really doesn't really care. And crypto has held in really well for like the last week. You've seen like a decoupling. Everyone talks about like, when will it decouple? When will it decouple? Like, you know, it's decoupled a little bit over the last week. Um, if you're like a long, long-term crypto bull and you think you know crypto is going to start replacing fiat currencies you're not going to find a better environment 
then out of control interest rates and inflation to, to test that view. So whenever you see this sort of decoupling around a town like now, everyone's always like, oh, but now everyone's turned. Now everyone believes that crypto could be the, the path forward. Who knows? But that that might be the narrative that people are trying to spin at this stage. Well, you know, go ahead, Spence. What's up, Spence? GM. GM, guys. No, I was just going to say, it's also like you have to look at, I think we look at, ETH in US dollar terms mostly, right? But like if you look at ETH in other currency terms, it's not doing as hot. <laughs> or like other currencies are really not doing as hot. ETH doing great. ETH is doing really well. I think like that's an interesting part of this too. Is like I'm not someone who used to pay attention to like US dollar trade weighted values, but with the current interest rate environment, like ETH to say, you know, British pound yesterday went nuts, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean like that's a similar sort of argument that people have used for things like gold. Like gold is traditionally the thing that you would buy to hedge against inflation. And gold is actually down this year. But that's because a lot of people price gold in their native their native currency. And, and when you price it in dollars, it's actually come down. But for most other people, gold is up a lot this year. So that is that is true. Like if you start thinking about ETH as just like another currency, it's actually held up okay. But like actually held up okay versus let's say the pound or the euro or most other currencies so yeah that's that's that is a genuine argument it's doing very very well if you're pricing it in any other currency other than dollars we're, we're, we're that's actually a good point and we're, we're not doing bad i was talking on sunday evening i was having this for family affair and all this good stuff anyways and usually you know i'm that nft guy you know i'm the one i'm the i'm the odd one out you know i'm the guy that's who's down 80 percent despite the whole economy being down but i'm that guy anyways Talk to the investment banker. He's like, so how's the NFT market and all that? Great guy, by the way. And I was like, yes, you know, it's, it's okay. You know, the, everything's down bad, right? So I'm like, listen, we're, 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 we're surviving now here. And he goes, but tell me, shouldn't crypto be this like hedge on all the stuff that's going on? I'm like, listen, we're lucky we're not at zero, okay? So I'll take 1400 and I'll take 20K <laughs> despite in the, in the middle of a global economic crisis where we're literally one tweet away from World War Three, so um, you know we'll take it. We'll take it. Uh, we'll take it with the greatest salt. We'll take it uh, day by day here. But that was a good point. Um, and on the NFT side, Mando, lot of lot of movement, man. Lot of movement there. Yeah, it's like an extension of what's happening in the NFT space. Like, it, sorry, happening in the broader crypto space. NFTs feel quite good here. Like, I haven't really seen much get get hurt. Um, Floor prices have been slowly, if anything, like migrating up rather than down over the last few sessions. So that's been that's been good to see. Um, I think Clonex, there was something, some sort of tweet where they said, "Hold on to your Clonex." Those are up uh, just shy of seven seven now. Board Apes still hanging out around eighty four, eighty five. Ape Coin, I think, is at around five point seven. Unfortunately, about like eight ETH pair trade has kind of moved against it recently. So maybe that the trade into staking has gotten slightly worse. But even then, it feels pretty strong across um, Apes and Mutants. Mutants are at sixteen now. Uh, still no announcement from Azuki, so nothing really said there. Chimpers are up fifty percent. I think they're up to just shy of two now, like one point eight five. Um, so a big move there. But yeah, generally across the broad board it feels okay like we are coming in at the lowest month for over a year still like um so if you take a step back i think it's a little bit difficult because i think a lot of volumes are now have now been shifted onto alternative platforms and so if you look at the open sea dune analytics which i think was the most popular way to look at this um it's it's not really that clear but nft go do a decent one where you can look across volumes and um it looks like we're going to come in 
mid 400s for the month uh, in terms of volume, which is which is down from about 10% from last month, which again was the lowest month in over 12 months. So part of that is a currency impact, um, but we were also down on ETH. But it is, um, yeah, it's it still feels okay out there. Like the top collections still feel okay. It hasn't, it doesn't feel like it's gotten that much worse over the last uh, last few weeks, even though volumes are yeah at the lowest level for for over a year. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually wild. I don't know what happened to Chimpers. I don't know if someone wants to share something with me on stage or off stage if you want to DM me. But it's pretty cool to see uh, Chimpers up fifty percent back to one eighty five. They they hit under one ETH at some point uh, during this market. So uh, obviously good to see uh, that comeback. Renga is still holding above one something. Clones are pumping. I see these. These woke up and chose uh, lost harvesting, and then uh, it's like the first thing I saw this morning. <laughs> I saw Kaleo's tweet and I saw Tease's tweet. He's like, "Yeah, booking a lost." <laughs> Clones are up, baby. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so but yeah, the the board apes. Wow, the board apes are still grinding up slowly, Mando. I think it was another five sales. I saw quite a big trade also going on with the trippy. Uh, trippy for uh, pimp coat. Uh, that was EP's that was a big sw- yeah swap trade. Yeah, that was a nice trade. He got dude. He got like fuck. He got like three quotas and three apes out of that. Um, interesting trade. Um, I think I would have been on his. I mean, his side of the trade sounds to be pretty pretty great. On if you ask me, there. Um, if that's the trade that happens. Uh, I'm, but it seems like it. Fluff were pumping twenty percent. Uh, I don't know what happened on, in that ecosystem, but they they've been around. They've been building. I know Aaron. And he's he's always out here doing some good stuff. Um, and then I'm looking at the small, uh, uh, the smaller cap projects, kind of trying to scroll down uh, at the bottom here. It's flips, uh, finance. But yeah, it seems like you know things are just uh, steady, steady, steady. Uh, the duplicators back above one ETH. Um, the cats are just holding around the two seventy five ish mark. MFers as well. Um, gotta say, like, despite everything that's gone went down with Sartoshi and whatnot, the MFers are like that's something I noticed. I don't know about you guys, but they're out here. You know, they've been out here. They're out here, and and they're not. They're they're not. Uh, they're still. They really took on that project. Most projects would have gone to zero after that. So, it's um they really took that on, and they've been uh, they've been really building that pretty well. Good for them, honestly. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Um, if the me bits could go back to like four or five to be our stable coin again, that'd be great. Uh, but they're still stuck in the threes. <laughs> what utility? Garga! Garga! You're hearing me. <laughs> that's my staple call in my own. But that's about it. Um, Are we getting board eight your club founders on the show? I emailed. I emailed. We emailed. Listen, we have to go through VP of comms there. You know, you guys oh. $4 billion company now. You know, they raise a lot of money. Big deals. So, we, you know, we had to go through. We have to go through a couple of hoops there. But hopefully we're gonna make it. Uh, we we are getting Ralph Powell, that's for sure. Though I know you're gonna be sipping hard that show. That's like your biggest. That's your boy right there. So <laughs> that's my boy at your club. We were going back and forth yesterday on Twitter. Uh, so I know he's coming on. Uh, but yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of movement in a couple of like smaller cap collections too. So um, you absolutely uh, love to see it. And uh, I guess we'll see what happens there. But you know, today's highlight was really. Um, Chimpers and clones, I guess, uh, and fluff uh, that are that are up uh, quite a lot. But anyway, so I wanted to talk today. Oh, I guess on the wait on the, I mean on the NFT side. Oh, what, what is it showing here? I guess it didn't. Uh, it didn't. Uh, oh no, wait, it is there. It didn't really affect the floors that much. But our blogs, our blogs had quite the uh, 
quite the announcement um, yesterday, 18 hours ago, uh, as I believe um, Series 8 uh, will be the last one of its kind, uh, per se. So they've pretty much uh, canonized uh, the eight collections. In the words of Artblocks, I'm taking that directly from the Artblocks Twitter account. It says, Curated Series 1 to 8 will forever um, memorialize the history of the earliest experiments of generative art in Web3. Artists contained in these uh, series uh, are the creative pioneers who helped build the infrastructure around blockchain-based generative uh, movement. Uh, so it seems like um, it seems like they've like you know canonized them in a way, uh, which means that they're, they're 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 completed. And so they're like kind of I guess maybe these or Ovi. I don't know if you guys ran into that or anyone else. Like they've kind of like not separated it, but they've really made it like their own thing in a way right it's like yeah i mean curated series are not gonna be called series it's gonna be like a curated project comes out so it's kind of interesting i i think eight's an interesting number but i'm happy um i feel like it closes it off in a way that makes it easier for them to just be a little more fluid and not feel like they need to compartmentalize everything they they put out which Mm. is probably nice um I feel like it's a long time coming though. Like I, I last summer when there was five out, like it felt like the first five had a, a special, you know, feel to them. And then like the next three felt different to me. So like in my head, I already had the series kind of separated and it's interesting now for them to just say like, yeah, fuck it. We're done with it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. There's about what 60 something thousand pieces nearly 61,000 uh, artworks, part of the curated series, uh, the first eight. And so those are those are kind of being retired, right? So it's kind of the South sounds. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So Snowfro, always up to something. He's always up to something, uh, and we love that. We should have him on again to speak of all that good stuff because it's, uh, it's, it's pretty big. It's a pretty big deal for the for the Artblocks ecosystem, uh, which is... Uh, I think there's is- another project coming up, right? I think he's got a project yeah. um, which is going to be... I think it's a series of different drops in different cities. I think it's like Crypto Citizens, maybe, or something like that. But um, it's going to culminate in him doing a drop in Mexico City, which I think is where he's born. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. That's where it was from. I, I'm hearing a lot of people are going to head down in November, I believe, uh, to Mexico City uh, for that event. Um, and uh, it's fun. I, I need to look into it. It sounds really fun. These we're going to Mexico or what? Um, <laughs> could be fun. Could be a lot of fun. But... Um, I uh, I saw that as well, so it's gonna be exciting to see what they're up to. Where's the, Where's the Super Trooper sound clip when we need it? Super Trooper sound clip. Hold on. Super you know, you, know, you boys like Mexico? Come on. <laughs> we did find uh, we did find Mando and I did find uh, the uh, the Clubhouse Day sound clip, but I'm I yeah we found it over the weekend, but we're not gonna play it until um, we say the Clubhouse Day. So we're gonna keep that one for when the. For the term comes up on the other on the other side of news, um, Polygon, Polygon. I'm reading Ryan Wyatt's tweet. See of Polygon Studios was on the show a few weeks ago. By the way, y'all should definitely go back and listen to that one if you're really interested in Matic Polygon and everything they're up to because it was a really fascinating show. You can listen back on every platform. Uh, but he announced we're thrilled to partner with Robinhood app uh, here at OX Polygon. Trade and swap crypto with no network fees. Biggest distribution platform for Polygon native apps, non-custodial wallets, bringing DeFi to the masses, onboarding new users on chain. Um, so obviously, you know, Mando, I'm going to give you this one to you because I know you're quite the Matic bull. 
but it is it is pretty big news. Yeah, I feel like they should sponsor us at this stage, but I do think that's... I know, um, I swear to God, like, Joe. <laughs> I don't want to shill it too much, but yeah, I think, I think it's a big deal. Like, uh, I think the third thing on that announcement is the biggest thing. Like, if you bring in that many people, I think it allows for DeFi, a lot of DeFi TVL. Not like, not like uh, Ponzinomic style uh, DeFi, but like you could, a lot of the current... Um, Current dApps, which are which could easily port over to Matic, things like Aave, things like Uniswap, like if you're able to do very similar sort of things um, with a bunch of different retail users, then I think that will bring a lot a lot of TVL onto onto Matic, and that's one of the main things that people look for on the long-term growth of the coin. Um, obviously, like these people don't actually own Matic; it's just it's it's just the Rails, uh, the chain which it's going to be run on, but. You know, Robinhood is a massive, massive app. Um, it has millions and millions of users. So, yeah, it's it's big that they're they're going to be one of the first. But I I do suspect that there'll be um you know there'll be loads of different chains that eventually get used. But increasing like I it seems to me like the most interesting stuff right now is being built is going to be built on Arbitrum and Matic, um, and the valuations for both I think are probably between five to ten billion. Mat- uh, Arbitrum's coin obviously hasn't come out, but that's really low versus versus um ethereum at like two 200 plus million uh, billion right so i do think there's um it'll be interesting to see how that plays out over the next five years man though you know i'm also keeping an eye on because you know sam bankman he put a significant personal stake into uh robin hood a while back so i'm always looking at like what's going on with there um so it'd be intrigued to see like what they have next whether it's you know sam's favorite coin how they'll integrate it all together I still think uh, Robin is a potential acquisition target of uh, FTX down the line. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you refuse to say Solana? Uh, I, no, Sol. But I felt, like, <laughs> I, I felt like saying Sam's favorite coin. It just sounded better this morning. Yeah. Uh, I think he's publicly said that he might be interested, right? Um, so well, he's first, also said he's publicly first, interested in Goldman Sachs. So he said yeah. he, he's a lot of stuff. I think he bought a stake of like 7.2% like a few months back, right? Yeah, he owns, he owns some, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I mean, Robinhood was like, you know, that app. I don't know how it is now. Um, I know a few years ago it was the app that everybody was like, that was onboarding like the masses. I guess wallets between $1,000 to $5,000 to trade stocks uh, until they fucked us. Uh, with I'll never forget. I'll never forget. Um, the AMC saga when they 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 closed trading on on on. Did you own AMC? Did you own AMC at the time? Dude, I had fucking options at AMC. I bought them when AMC was three dollars, and I I think that was single handedly my biggest update in twenty four hours. Dude, that was a big, and uh, on on AMC and BlackBerry at some point. I I played that short squeeze, uh, and <laughs> it was fun, dude. And then when they halted trading and they blocked it on on, on Robinhood. I was like, I lost everything, dude. It was crazy. Um, I'll never forget that uh, that kick. But then I found out about NFTs. They, uh, did, so. for G- they did it for uh, GME uh, GameStop. GME too. Yeah, and it was it AMC like, and Jimmy running both side by is, side. This crazy. is hilarious, though. You remember like the whole like before the bull in NFTs, you had the bull and like all these random stocks. Yeah, the short squeeze. Um, did that you was see fun. The, you remember the one about the deli in New Jersey that like. Sold like if each pastrami, yeah, 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 the New Jersey, <laughs> yeah, so, so all they, of those, bro. those three guys actually <laughs> just got arrested. Um, uh, investment hall posted about it last night. I was cracking up, and one there was Bed Bath and Beyond, 
was one of the guys was 92 Daly. years old. <laughs> yeah. 92, 70, and 50-something. The 50-year-old is still on the run, apparently. Oh, my God. Dude, that stuff was crazy. But I remember also like, oh, there it is. Let me cue that. No, not yet. But when uh, <laughs> when Elon Musk pulled up, so basically, uh, what, was the, what was the name of the founder of Robin Hood again? Someone refresh my memory. Vlad. Vlad. Vlad came on Clubhouse and he was talking to uh, in the A16Z room with, um, I forgot with who, man. Uh, but anyways, um, with, in the room with a couple of A16Z people who were hosting it. And then Elon Musk pulled up on him in the, sp- in the Clubhouse room and like started questioning him on that. It was crazy. You see, man, jingle, that's what man. I mean by Clubhouse, bro. Shit was crazy, bro. Like Elon Musk ran up on fucking Vlad. And like asked him straight up, like, why did you halt the trading? Like it was it was shit like that. Like too bad there's no recording of these days. Like it was nuts, bro. <laughs> I think you gotta play the jingle for that. Man. I think I gotta play the jingle now. During the good old clubhouse days. You know, the grass was greener. ETH was four thousand dollars. I'll never forget the good old days of Clubhouse. What a time. ETH was, you know, literally $4,000. Bitcoin was $69,000. Apes were $200. You could have gotten in at a price that would have changed your life. Literally. But you didn't. Because you were in a clubhouse. Pumps, pumps were pretty low as well. Like about Board apes weren't born. 19 Ah. But you know what you would have done? You also bought a bunch of Nifty Gateway NFTs. So I guess that offsets a lot of things. Anyways. <laughs> That's enough reminiscing. That's enough. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. We need to get with the current times. Have you guys heard of uh, Venture Spencer? It's a very, very awesome initiative. Oh, my God. I've died. And my face hurts so much right now. I think there is a record. I just got a DM. Um, I've been I've been hosting the last two days with a tooth infection. I gotta get a teeth pulled out, and it hurts like a bitch. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, but, you got you got to host while you're at the dentist. So dude, full disclosure, dude, I was just getting a chiropractor through. appointment the last thirty minutes, dude, uh, and got- the chiropractor was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> I was like, "Have you bought NFTs?" He's like, "No, but I bought some crypto at the top." And no! I'm like, "Well, and I'm like, in the words of Mando OSF, just dollar cost average." And he's there like, you "Next go. appointments for free if you talk about me the whole time." Time so, to buy some Matic, okay. Um, and so, and, but tell him N-F-A-D-Y-O-R, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and tell him that, that to stay humble, cause even Ovi still his bus. Uh, and, <laughs> and, oh my God, I can't believe it. Um, that was so funny Ovi this morning. It's funny. I was listening to the, the PO show this morning and then I guess Spencer told them they have, uh, Ovi has 72 apes of Mando and they, they weren't aware and they lost their shit. And it was so funny. And I was telling Ovi about that cause I was listening in. And then uh, Ovi was like, honestly, I don't know what we're doing with this many apes. I, he's like, I forget sometimes. And I still take the bus. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> but Mando reassured me that Ovi takes the bus because he's cheap. Yeah. He, Best way to travel, man. Best way yeah, to travel. Cheap, not because he's poor. And, Top uh, deck at the front. <laughs> I remember I was with Danny at the pub in London the weekend of Ovi's wedding. And we're like, Ovi, come hang out. Because he only had like an hour and a half to hang out before he had to go back to like the 20th part of his wedding. And he was like, I'll be there in 45 minutes. I'm like, hold on. You're like right there in Chelsea. We're in like Mayfair. How is that 45 minutes? I'm, I'm not from London. I know that's like a 
five minute car ride. He's like, I'm waiting for the bus. <laughs> never forget that. My man said he wanted to take a nine pound Uber. Nine pounds is like five dollars now, bro. Come on. Anyways, so <laughs> before before I, let's get back on topic for um ouch. I can't yell. Fuck. Oh my god. Um before I get to the uh <laughs> <laughs> to Sarah Fab, <laughs> wanted to have a quick chat uh, on IP. So it, it spun off yesterday uh, off a tweet that that I read uh, from Steve NFT Bark. He also hosts uh, Spaces in the Morning, uh, and he tweeted out. He said, "I've had a few people suggest Disney acquire Cool Cats. I don't see it. It doesn't fill any gaps. Cool Cats IP is dope, but Disney has great IP. Uh, it would make more sense to acquire a brand that fits and has great depth. Uh, like, and then he mentions on Chimaki, Pixel Vault, and Jenkins." Which I replied <clears throat> and. You know, obviously, Steve, since he was agreeing with me there, but uh, Disney will buy no IP in space. They'll either create their own or further grow their own IP. If anything, they'll probably buy or build their own blockchain, which is something we were talking about yesterday, uh, Mando, when you mentioned that, you know, Dapper Labs and Redbeard also was 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 mentioned that as well. But I thought that that's part of a good conversation about IP in the space, because, like, when you talk about IP, like, IP is much more than just like a character, like a half-body character with 10,000 of them that have sold, no matter how much the price of the floor is. Like IP is much more than just like selling out and having like a 1 ETH, 5 ETH, 10 ETH, even you guys, even 100 ETH floor. It's much more than that. IP goes beyond that, whether it's the story, which is the character, the voice of the character, the shape of the character, the way he walks, the way he talks, the things he does, like all these things. And it's crazy to me, like, like I, I don't know if some people genuinely think that or just saying it to pump their bags, but, like, and it's not even a knock on Cool Cats or Doodles or anybody, like, any other, because they are the contenders to have that IP, in my opinion, over the next couple of years. But I think, like, we need to realize in the space, like, we don't have yet, in my opinion, like, the, like, big IP that was built for someone like Disney to come and acquire. Like, I, like Disney will come and acquire, they acquired Marvel, right? That's what we were talking about yesterday. That's something like that. Because it's quite big, but that's kind of question I wanted to pose uh, to the to, to to the spaces today is like, you know, who are the contenders in your opinion? But most importantly, like, do we have like any actual IP yet? So it's not a matter of that we don't ha- like. Th- it's not a bad thing. I just think we're a little too early, which is not bad either. Osaf Mando, what do you guys think? Hot potato. Yeah, look, I think I think we're we don't <laughs> oh, we have that much. That. <laughs> Mando, go ahead. <laughs> I just, I just ducked. You, you threw just at me. I just ducked. <laughs> Back on the bus. That was um, so good. Yeah, look, I don't. Th- I, I think you're right. I don't think we have mainstream, um, mainstream culture. Like it's not massive culture. That being said, I think the business models here make money uh, regardless. Like um, they, they're slightly different structures of how you make money in these businesses. And like with the concept of trading fees and primary fees and NFTs, like you do have some very high valuations even with more niche audiences so that when these things, if they were to scale to, you know, a hundred million people getting involved in NFTs, I think they will be worth like, I think Disney bought Marvel for 4 billion, right? Uh, which puts into perspective the Yuga round, the, the Yuga raise, but in that year, Yuga, Yuga made what over a hundred million dollars and then did a, did a drop, which was effectively about $300 million um, in eight points. So, it gives you a perspective of, of how much is being made even with more niche-based IP in this space. Um, and I personally, like, let, let's put the, the, 
So Disney coming into this space, we said this yesterday, would we like if Disney bought Yuga? And I think we said probably it wouldn't really have the same feel. They probably wouldn't be as successful if they did that. If Disney comes out with a drop, I don't know, in two weeks, and they're like, look, we're going to fund our next Disney movie, you know, like, I don't know, the next version of what's a popular Disney movie. Like, they're, they're going to gonna make a new version and you're going to have to own the characters. Do you think that will be successful in this space? Do you think... Do you think that, that that will be owned by the people in this space? I think it could be. It could be, but I, in some, some part... I think it's like two actually, different groups, right? Exactly. So, like, I think they, they, they might want to get involved with a Web3, like, native brand already. Like, they might buy IP because it actually is slightly different than how they would operate in the space. Um, let's put it that way. So... I don't. My personal view is like they won't be buying IP in this space because they can't. They don't have the ability to make IP. They can make IP better than pretty much anyone else in the world. It'll be because they'll be looking for a slightly different way of monetizing. Um, and in many ways, you've seen the most successful companies do that by like backdooring their way into into this industry. So maybe they will look at it. But um, my my personal view is that Disney will make far more on the metaverse build out than on the making nfts uh, of their ip like i think when they build out their own versions of of game worlds and and yeah they're uh, not going to go like yeah, when they did like Care Bears and yeah. nickelodeon that's definitely not the route they're going i agree with you it's probably going to be radically different than than like everything we've i think they do something completely different like none of us will probably even make the call like something that's like really out of left field but that caters to their audiences and to their consumers. Whereas here, it's like, you have these IP being built, IPs being built that are Web3 native that will acquire, but like, I don't think I would be bullish on buying like a Mickey Mouse NFT from Disney, though I'll probably do it to see what's up. But like, it would be different. It would be catering to their millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of of, of, uh, of followers. Lindsay, music NFTs, talk to me. <laughs> GM, GM, GM. Yeah. I love this topic. I mean, also full disclosure, like I am not a, I'm not in charge of a giant multi-billion dollar company. So no, yeah, I heard what, you at Disney. You know, what the heck do I know? Uh, do you see that? I censored myself. Um, music NFTs? Music NFTs. Uh, all sorts of NFTs. I just, you know, I think that I think going back to the initial question, which or topic, which was, you know, would I think it was would Disney acquire any of these projects that we we talk about on the daily? Is that is that am I clear with that? Um, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what doing that would solve for them. Do you know what I mean? Like, why? And if there's a why would they do it, then we we would be like, yeah, obviously they're going to do that. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like, why? Why? There's no reason. At least from my Is broken for you guys? My connection. Is it me? Ah, shit. It sounds good. No, I hear you, Lindsay. Oh, I hear her. Thanks. Hi. Um, (laughs) Maybe we're, we're just having a... You can't hear me. I, I'm just asking these questions because you know when that question Check. comes up. Ash, crap! Should I leave? No, it's it's Farouk. It's, it's Farouk. Farouk. It's Farouk. 
Uh, you know what that means. That means we're all gonna keep going, Lindsay. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I I guess I'm asking you, like, why why would they? What problem does it solve? And also, by the way, if you hear me? Out, yeah, we hear Can you. I get... Oh, I'm gonna text. Hello. Oh no. We hear you. Can you hear us? Everyone hears Lindsay, but besides the rug is coming. The rug is coming. The rug is coming. I'm gonna try and reconnect. Maybe we'll get rugged. <laughs> I can't hear anything. It feels like summer '21. Should we play the song? The whole space is about to get rugged in like 50 seconds. Message him. We'll see what happens. Hold on tight. Yeah, I feel this is this makes me very anxious. It's a pretty powerful stage we got here. Look at this. I mean, Bye, everyone. everybody, everybody, hold hands. Feel the vibration. Where's Ed? Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Ed's too busy for us now. I hope you're hearing this, Ed. I hope he's surfing. Or is he in a business? I'm back. Place? I can hear everyone. Oh. Oh. God Hi. damn! I'm hey. sorry, y'all. Um, it's crazy. I mean, if this means we're getting the bull market back. On top of like Twitter rugging, I'm in for it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't hear anything. I was, I mean, I was saying some really profound. I'm sure you were, honestly. I was just, I was just. Oh, sorry. I solved, I solved the entire. I, I solved everything. All the problems of the world. Cue applause. We we were Thank just broke. You. you missed it, but we were just saying how um, Ed is too busy for us nowadays, and I think we should sound clip this. Um. Because uh, where did that go? <laughs> I, I'm sorry, y'all. I keep losing everyone. Uh, it's super are you, weird. Are you gone? Are you gone? Can you hear us? I'm back. I'm back. How many Anyways, fingers am I holding? I didn't hear anything. Um, I'm um, not sure where we are, so I guess that's going to be my segue to, to Sarah. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, great. I'm or, wait. <laughs> sorry. If you're listening on replay, you have, you've been we have this like, issue this with Twitter. So if you're like a Spotify, or Apple, or Amazon, or YouTube, or every other platform listener. Um, Twitter spaces sometimes just like stops working because we host a live show and I don't hear anyone. I don't know if Lindsay, were you done? Or I'm so confused. No, it's totally fine. I was honestly, I was just posing a question because I think this is like, this could be a very, very long conversation. And I, I was just posing the question of like, why would Disney, like what problem would like cool cats that was the example solve for for disney are they doing something that is going to innovate that disney can't do themselves yeah using exactly and, and using that's their it. own ip right like yeah, ip and that is right. and, and will they are they going to bring unless there's like a personal reason and like the person at the top says oh my gosh i love cool cats so much that i'm going to bring them aboard and i'm going to develop them but if i owned a big giant company which i don't then you know i would be looking at what can what is what is why would i make an acquisition whether it's just for ip or or some kind of technological breakthrough what are they going to solve for my business that i can't do and if i can do it you know is it like a time thing is it worth spending the money because i can't do it quick enough well, Lindsay, Not, that would be my only reason. Lindsay, you're spot on with it too, and it, like, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this. any company yet, 
solves any of that. Besides, like, no IP, I think, solves that. I think it's going to be infrastructure Disney's after, which is what we were talking about yesterday, which is quite interesting, because um, that's probably what they would be after, uh, whether, you know, to acquire and or to, um, you know, uh, on board or even to create. Spencer, I'm going to go to you, and then I'm going to segue to the Tessera fam. Yeah, I was going to say that, like, I think it's it's interesting because I think the acquisition is more for the consumer base than for the IP itself. And I think that's what we saw with Artifact, where, like, was Artifact IP valuable to Nike? Maybe a little bit, but really they were looking at, okay, how do we enter Web3 where people are going to respect us from the proper Web3 community? And so Artifact was a buy of the, like, basically the customer base or the collector base of Artifact more so than the IP of Artifact. And I think it's more likely that we'd see something in, like if Disney were to acquire a company, I think their thesis would not be, we need stronger IP than what we have. I think their thesis would be, we need access to the holders so that we can shill our other IPs to them or like have some sort of play in the space that feels more genuine. And I think it would be really tough for them, as we saw with like Nickelodeon and the Rugrats thing was like, I actually think it's pretty tough for Disney to create from the to like port one of their IPs over and it may be easier for Disney or another large company that has many different properties they're looking to cross promote or wants to make a longer term play in the space to start buy an acquisition. But again, it's like, is it really for the IP? No, no, no. Like, and that's where I think the thesis that they'd acquire a company where the IP was strong, but the community sentiment wasn't strong. Like, I don't see why they do that. Like they would go somewhere where it would be the community sentiment is strong because the community is what they're acquiring more so than the IP. Well, or they're acquiring the, the yeah. people who are running the, the company, right? And so when you look at a company like Nike, historically, at least from what I know of them, from seeing them enter into, and my only experience, watching them enter into the skate, in, into skateboarding, you know, they came in, they had uh, Savier, which was a, a, it was their company, but they were trying to be native to skateboarding. Like they have always done this. And so, you know, it, in order to make a real hypothesis of what would they do, it would be looking at what Disney is doing and what they're currently doing and what they have done historically to see what their moves would be because they're not going to just change their, their giant. And even, I mean, I'm really interested in looking at Disney plus and how that developed because that has been extremely successful for them. So you can almost predict you know, their behavior just based on their many, many decades of, of their business. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting play. I'm actually really curious about it. Uh, I think it's really cool. Uh, I was um, actually, it was a lot of fun. I had dinner last night with Avery. We had her on the show last week, right, guys? I think two weeks ago. She's really smart, president of Vayner 3. And we're talking about just that, like Disney and Starbucks and all these big like companies like entering the space and, and how he felt about it and what we thought would happen. It was along the same lines. Like it was like, we'll probably see them like, like trying to bring in mass adoption in their own crowds, but don't think they'll be like just like buying up like a bunch of whatever IP is yet like in the space. Um, and uh, and I guess we'll see where that goes. But I guess it's really good service, news, right? Yeah. It's good for the headlines, you know. After all this fud and the whatever they want to put on crypto and NFTs and whatnot, like all these, all the misinformation as well. That that, that, that never helps. So definitely wanted to be have to have the conversation too. But for those curious, yesterday uh, we had a good t- chat about Disney and Apple as well. Uh, on the show, and this is what Mandel suggested, like, Dapp Labs is actually, like, kind of down the alleyway, and it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, but with that, let me segue into our special guests of the day. Wait, wait, do I have, have service yet? Andy, Andy my back. and Deez. 
I mean, you all know these, and y'all probably yeah. know Andy as well, <laughs> of Tessera, uh, formerly known as Fractional, without the art, and <laughs> I'm super excited uh, to talk about this one. It's long overdue, and I think this is actually really good timing, uh, given that you've just uh, launched, uh, you know, you've just rebranded recently uh, from Fractional to Tessera, and you've also uh, launched the Nounlets, and it's fun because yesterday we had a couple OGs, uh, representatives of the Nouns DAO, on the show, so it's like the perfect segue into that. Andy, D's GM, maybe, um, you know, Andy, you want to give yourself a little intro because I think uh, you're probably better at it than myself. GM, GM, thanks for having me. Uh, excited to be here. I'm Andy, I'm one of the co-founders of Tessera. Uh, part of that, I was at MakerDAO for a long time, uh, been a smart contract developer for a little over five years now. Um, yeah, that's about it. Relative NFT DGEN. Yeah, relative. Yeah. And uh, quite the DGEN as well. <laughs> and I think I think y'all know these, but these, if you want to kind of intro yourself with regards to, to, to Sarah's company. Yeah, I'm the director of vibes at Tessera. Um, also a degenerate, which is verifiably on chain. Um, art collector and I'm on, I'm in enough of these spaces to not I don't think need to talk too much more about myself. We got Joey on stage. Joey, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm Joey. I'm the product lead for for Tessera. Uh, worked a bunch on Nowlets. Worked a bunch on on Fractional. Been on been on the team for about a year now. So it's great to be here. Hell yeah, Joey! I liked your tweet yesterday. <laughs> Thanks, that was man. cool. <laughs> And before joining us, he worked at everybody's favorite game company, Riot Games. No way. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it says there. Yeah. I, Brain. I started on, on League and then I moved over to Valorant and worked on Valorant for a few years before jumping into Web3. Damn. That's cool. That's like, stage, the stage is so broken. To now, I, I can't hear you, but love yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Simon, you're in the ether, brother. You're lost. You're. You're a pending transaction. You need to up the guide. Me? No, Simon. <laughs> Simon. Oh, Her, you called, you called my it was me because so of the broken. of the of the of the the connection. Uh, but I think we're good. I'm standing right by my Wi-Fi now. Uh, hopefully, we'll be fine like uh, for this talking. segment. So, I I really want to get into this. Uh, basically, either, to Sarah. I mean, Andy. I'd love for you to kind of kind of explain to us. Um, you know, why is everyone laughing? Is my connection bad? I think it's Mando this time. I think everybody's no, I, half drugged. Like I can hear everybody, so okay. I don't know what's yeah, going on. Yeah. Did I cut Mando? That, no, I think he that tried to cut you off, but just like unmuted and started laughing. I I, I really don't know. Oh, I no, can't I don't hear think Mando. Can I see him unmuted. Can you hear me, Farouk? Um, but since you're the co-host, you're gonna, oh, he can't come back. He can't hear me. Farouk, can you hear Mando at all? I can't hear Mando. I can't. Anyway. <laughs> Damn it. Hold on. Let me... Sorry, guys. This is like not supposed I... to happen. Um, We're going to need hands up from all the hosts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Talk. Hold on. <laughs> out. And then let me reinvite him up. This is, but it, I don't understand how, like, literally. It's been happening more later. lately. You're it's still not just you. Problems. Like, it, it definitely, it happened in the space last night with Art Gobblers. Just someone had to leave and come back um, when they were trying to talk to. It was just, like, typical Twitter spaces. The tech, you know, it goes back to the bar rant, right? It's just, like, they can't get the bar right. They can't, they can't get a lot of this shit right. But we still use it, so. It's always darkest before dawn. Maybe we're on the, the verge of a new update here. <laughs> yeah, like, see, I can't hear Simon either. So, Simon, you're also going to have to leave and come back. Right. We got Mondo back. 
Okay, we got Mando. You want to try again? Rough check. One, two. Rough check. You can hear me now? Yes, let's go. All right. So, Mando, I'm actually going to pass it to you because clearly you were going to say something. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. You go. You go. I was just going to tell you that. Oh, okay. Perfect. All right. Well, well, that's God damn it. Well, we're sorry to our, our, our guests. <laughs> we're sorry about that, y'all. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's not supposed to be that way. Uh, but thankfully, your director of vibes, your D's, uh, he's quite the expert for Twitter spaces. So he's encountered that problem more than a handful of times, uh, you know, and uh, <laughs> I've seen that before. But anyways, Andy, I'd love to chat maybe about uh, for people to, um, to, uh, to chat about what Tessera is. And, uh, and what it is to own like a fractional shares of NFTs. Cause I think this is a very interesting uh, way to onboard the masses in the future uh, to the space. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so really kind of the biggest thing for us and kind of, you know, uh, a big part of our focus over, you know, kind of in rebuilding our, basically rebuilt our smart contracts from the ground up uh, and downloads, which we just launched, is the first thing that we've launched with it. Um, but really, our, our main focus is trying to kind of add interesting and unique ways to unlock the utility that come with NFTs in, in fun kind of interactions. Uh, one of the you know biggest requests we had over over the years with Fractional.art was you know to be able to claim your airdrop for a particular NFT or do all these different things. And when we wrote the smart contracts for uh, for Fractional.art that like wasn't really a thing when I wrote them that it was, this was like before board apes launched and, you know, it was basically just with like punks and stuff like that in mind. And so we, we weren't really thinking about that part of things. Um, and so our, our big focus is trying to now build, you know, slightly more thoughtful and kind of curated ownership experiences for groups of people. Um, and the first of those, which we launched the other day is Nounlets where we take a noun and, chop it up into a hundred unique NFTs. And each one of those has derivative artwork based on the original noun um, and lets you kind of vote on in this governance framework that we made. That's, the goal is to be really lightweight and very easy to use. And so you can vote on who the delegate for a noun should be. And uh, eventually, you know, if you get voted as the delegate, you get to also participate in nouns DAO and do all of that kind of fun stuff. And so we had our first person claim the delegacy today, actually, and now they're, you know, they they used it to jump into the private nouns Discord and all this fun stuff, um, stuff that wouldn't have been poss possible previously with our the version one of our contracts. Yeah. So what was the what was the big difference between the the what the, the shift you guys uh, you guys just did, uh, you know, from fractional to Tessera and how you've changed the contracts? It's actually a really interesting switch, and uh, it seems like you have more wiggle room here to grow with this, this current version? Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I think one of the things with the name Fractional, just think, talking about the change in name uh, quickly, Fractional is very on the nose. You know, It really gets to the heart of what we were doing in that first version, um, but it didn't allow us a lot of flexibility or wiggle room in a lot of ways to um, experiment. And, and you know, when you build something that isn't explicitly uh, you know, a fractional thing, it can be a little bit confusing. And so we were really excited to kind of change our name and, and give ourselves a little bit more flexibility there. Um, and then alongside that, I think the biggest change kind of in our core product offering is now all of the, uh, what we were previously calling fractions, we're now calling rays, which is the uh, short for the plural of Tessera, which is Tesserae. 
um, it are they're all NFTs that allow you to have governance and ownership over the NFTs that are inside of our smart contracts. Um, whereas previously they were ERC twenty tokens. I, I think a big thing, a big pain point that a lot of people had was trying to figure out how to use Uniswap and LP tokens and all this stuff that wasn't really NFT native and didn't really feel very exciting as a collector. You know, I, I think when you whether you're buying one one hundredth of a noun or a full noun, I think you do want to have a, a you know more personal and exciting collecting experience than like getting one ERC twenty token. And so that's been a big shift for us too, is trying to really hammer home like what makes it feel good to to collect things, what makes it feel good to be a part of a community and seeing how we can kind of distill that into the things that we're offering. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so the way you're the, speaking of like things that you're offering, obviously I know you just quickly like um, describe nounlets and how it works. And so do you want to maybe like go more into details with that? So someone, I think it was Patricia, right? For the first one um, that, you know, gave out, gave, I don't, I think it gave it away, but like he put a noun through the platform and it allows hundred different people to own, you know, not a share. I, how do you want to call it? It's not really a share of the noun, right? No, not really. I, they're honestly just governance tokens. We, we call it. them, like I said, we call. I, I think you just call them nounlets. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a governance token that represents you know one out of a hundred votes over a noun. And so, and the, so people can delegate that and give it to the person. But said, so then, is it possible to do that with 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 other NFTs now? Or you guys just focus on nounless tool. Yeah, so it'll definitely be possible with other NFTs. It kind of, you know, I think one of the things that we realized is every NFT is kind of, or every different NFT collection is unique and has unique things about it that are exciting or interesting. And we can't just necessarily build a one size fits all solution for every NFT collection ever. Um, and so Nounlets to us was a great kind of first step to showcase what I think is a pretty interesting use case, which is a lot of people think Nouns is really cool they want to participate, they want to get involved. And we've seen that with Nounlets or with Lil Nouns and you know, SharkDAO and all these different kind of, uh, 4156 called the Nouns Nations, which I liked, um, or Nounish Nations. And, and so this is kind of our attempt to also be, uh, you know, a innovator in that space and try to offer something that is looks less like a sub, like less like a DAO that kind of has its own overhead and more like a smaller group of people all getting together to own something. And so you, you could expand a lot of what Nounlets is to other NFT collections, but it is unique in a couple ways. One is that like, obviously, you know, not every NFT collection has on-chain governance that you need to participate in or want to participate in. So for example, like with punks, obviously it wouldn't make, it wouldn't make too much sense to elect a delegate for your crypto punk because there's not too much that they'd be doing. Um, but then alongside that, uh, Nounlets is also a little bit unique in that it the way that they generate their art on chain allows for us to get really creative with how we do the derivative art for Nounlets. And so all of the um, all of the metadata for Nounlets is all derived from the Nouns smart contracts on chain. And so when you deposit a noun into a vault on for Nounlets, we go in and we grab you know what is the metadata of that noun, and then we are able to from that generate all of the all the nounlets metadata, which is like kind of fun and relatively unique. Some projects will have that as well, um, but so all that to say, it's a long-winded way of saying that kind of each implementation of what it means to own an NFT online with other people will be a little bit different depending on the use cases. But 
downloads we thought was kind of like a fun first one to do. I would just add on top of that, like um, one of the, one of the reasons that we, we sort of like rewrote the smart contracts from the ground up was to, to sort of bake in that flexibility um, where we were thinking, Hey, we don't know what NFTs are going to come out or what type of utility they're going to have. We should be able to write sort of like custom code for each, you know, NFT as we, as we need to, so that we can account for, whatever like crazy shit people in the community are going to want to, you know, think up. Um, and then we can have, you know, Tessera vaults that, that work for um, any type of NFT or any type of utility, as long as we have, you know, some amount of time to write a custom contract for it. Yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> this is way cooler than, than the fractionalized concept to me. Like just, yeah, it is. just hearing what you guys are talking about and knowing that like each little tokens customizable like that, like it's really, really neat stuff. Thank you. It means a lot. I, I think, you know, it, it's one of those things that we, as over time really became a lot more clear, which is that like people just want to own cool shit that they think is like fun and exciting. And I think we're uniquely positioned to kind of try to offer that. And we fortunately have a lot of people on our team, like Dees and others who are very plugged into the NFT space and can really kind of make sure that we are hopefully building things that are actually exciting to participate in. And yeah, I have been, a question for you. Like, what, what was like, what was the biggest challenge for you guys in like building this out? Because I know you guys were working on it for a while. And on top of that, like, I know you're trying it with the noun. That's like, in your like dream scenario, where are you guys moving next with this tech you guys have built? Yeah, uh, I think the biggest challenge has been, uh, I'll say two things. One is uh, the kind of the mechanisms that we're able to build into, let's say like Nowmuts, are more complicated than than what the, the original fractional.art kind of mechanisms were. And so both on like a comm side of figuring out how do we appropriately convey what's happening and how do we make it not sound like scary and daunting? Because like at the end of the day, I don't think it really is that scary and daunting, but we also you know need to make sure that we're saying it in the right way and appropriately explain to people how they can utilize some of the cool stuff we're doing. Uh, and then also kind of the other challenge that that brings is just um, appropriately figuring out like, okay, how long does it actually take to build these things? Uh, Cause it's not going to just, it's not a thing we can just, you know, spin up the contracts for overnight and make it like a small little front end for, there's a lot of kind of edge cases and different kind of risks in, in governance and different things that we need to account for. Um, we, we spend a lot more time in like mechanism design and, really, really researching how do we do this in the best way possible that, that I think people probably would think. Um, so I think that's probably been the biggest challenge. Yeah. Sorry, what was your second question? You definitely have something else. But yeah, like, I mean, that's great knowing that. Like, it's, it's, I always said, like, Richard earlier on, too, it's like the art in the contract and the tech behind it is so amazing, like what engineers and developers are building right now. Uh, but the second question was, like, in your dream scenario, where would you like to see what you've built moving into next? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. So I'll say in the short term and then kind of the long term. Uh, in the short term, we definitely have like a lot more different kind of um, vaults and experiments that we want to do, not only with pre-existing collections. One that I'm really excited for is ENS. I think there's some pretty fun stuff you can do when you really sit down and think about like, what does it mean to own an ENS with a bunch of random people online? Um, and that's one that we're starting to do some a lot more research on. Uh, and then even collections that you know don't exist yet, but things that we are, can do internally. 
um, around uh, kind of some fun, more experimental stuff of, of connecting people online and making fun, fun, smart, smart contract based coordination games to, to make art and do different things. Um, I think that's in the short term, like some of the stuff that we're really excited about alongside, like I'm super excited to have a much better experience to like own a crypto punk together with other people. I think that that'll be a pretty big unlock in a lot of ways. And I think people will enjoy it a lot more than they have up to this point. Uh, but then in like the really long term, I think in a perfect world, we kind of get our like systems and development process into a place where we don't, instead of being reactive and playing catch up, uh, you know, where, you know, someone releases a project and then we or some community members build a vault for that project. It'd be awesome if we got to a place where projects were kind of as they were being created, wanted to work with us and say like, okay, you know, we're only going to have a thousand of these things, but we do want other people to be able to get involved. And like Nowmlet was really cool. So before we launch, let's like figure out what Nowmlet's style thing works for our project. Um, and so it'd be really exciting to be in a place where uh, we were able to kind of be proactive and, and build alongside people before they launched, as opposed to us uh, backdooring our way in after the fact, like we've done with Nowmlet's. That's interesting. Obviously, like a lot of work goes into the back end of this. I know you've been working on it for a while. Mando, I saw you muted. I'm going to hit to you. No, I just wanted to kind of go back to first principles really with it all. So you, let's say there's a crypto punk or a piece of art or a noun, and you want to, I know obviously you're not buying fractions here, but basically you're buying a part part of that. H- how is it going to look? Like, what, what, How do you interact with this, and how does it look in your wallet? Um, and how does it look from a marketplace perspective? Maybe let's just go into that first. Yeah. So for Nowlets in particular, obviously, like I was saying, it's a little bit unique because we're able to pull the metadata from on-chain. So like, if you go and look at the Nowlets contract or like any of those Nowlets, they, they just look like nouns. Um, they are just derivatives where the heads are all the same, but all the other pieces are randomly generated. Uh, and they live in their own, each one, each like set of 100 Nowlets lives in their own contract. Um, so that one's a little bit unique. For other stuff that we're going to be doing where we can't kind of get really on-chain like that. We like to do weird, more on-chain things than possible. Um, but for the ones where we can't do that, like say um, an art blocks piece or something that we'll need to kind of have some different metadata or imagery for, those are going to, I, I probably can't share too much there yet because our team is like just finishing it up and I don't want them to get mad at me. Um, but we're nah, working on some on, pretty, <laughs> so we're working on like some pretty fun custom kind of uh, artwork that we're hoping we can really plug into a lot of these. Um, I'll say I really I really liked um, fair.xyz's kind of like mint uh, NFTs and like the way that they did those. I'll say ours are, they're not the same, but they're kind of of a similar vein of almost looking like a, like a trading card or something uh, for something like a CryptoPunk and trying to really treat these as like cool digital collectibles and trying to figure out what that looks like. From a, how do they display in a marketplace standpoint? Again, it's going to kind of depend, and there's a few things that matter there. So for something like a CryptoPunk, uh, they'll all have the same metadata and things like that. And so there'll be 1155 NFTs. So they'll all, you know, say CryptoPunk 1000, there would be, um, you know, one 1155 NFT that maybe there's 10,000 of. And those would all trade on, obviously, whatever marketplace people wanted to. Um, for something like Nowlets, where their unique IDs it's slightly different, but I, in a perfect world for most collections, you'll have one smart contract that kind of handles all of the 
all of the different rays for a set of, uh, of an NFT collection. So kind of all crypto punks that are inside of Tessera in a vault um, would all show up in the same contract and could kind of easily be parsed through the metadata on OpenSea or any other marketplace. Um, yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Okay, that does make sense. And uh, to be clear, these are 1155 con uh, tokens? Yeah, so some when we when we have a reason to kind of make them unique id uh let's so like if we want each one to be you know generative artwork or some we have some reason to make them unique uh they'll be 1155s but each have their own individual id number uh and so they'll look basically like a 721 token in a lot of ways uh, in the instances where we don't really have a reason for that they'll look a lot more like say parallel cards or something where they'll all, they all have the same ID, or um, mutant serums is another good example, where they all have the same ID. So are they their own token standard, or, or uh, they one? No, they, they fall under the 1155 token standard. We've made some, like, what we think are pretty nice upgrades as far as, like, gas efficiency and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's a pretty, pretty, like, bare-bones set of uh, kind of the implementation of 1155, um, but it'll, it's nice for us to be able to have the flexibility to kind of decide whether we want um, to have them be fungible and all under the same ID or non-fungible. Uh, the non the the fungible ones actually allow for a lot better gas efficiency when it comes to a lot of the interactions in the vaults, and so that's one of the reasons that we generally are leaning towards that side when possible. Um, but it really is kind of a case by case basis. Uh, um, my, my other question was for things like airdrops and staking. How, how how does that work? Yeah, so that'll it'll really depend again. Um, and this is another one of the reasons that we wanted to have that kind of flexibility that Jelly mentioned uh, for a project where you kind of know what the staking is. We'd love to like build in pretty like opinionated staking that kind of says like here's how we think you want to stake this thing. These are kind of the rules for the contract. And once it gets vaulted, it does that. Um, but, you know, generally it's, it's a pretty much an unknown. And so we're actually like still pretty deep in the research phase of trying to figure out what the best way to handle airdrops and staking is. I think th there's a couple different kind of options that we have. Uh, one of the kind of key caveats being that like, we really don't want us or some other third party to be like kind of, needed in order to claim these things. And there are a lot of like kind of risks or challenges when it comes to like, how do you claim an airdrop? Um, especially if you don't know what the airdrop is or when it's coming or if it's worth anything. But we're working on a couple of, one, one version would basically be like a pretty basic, just like, okay, you claim this airdrop and it goes into the vault. Um, like that's, it's basic, relatively easy. Um, but then there are other ones that get a little bit crazier where you maybe like claim the airdrop and immediately auction it off to whoever wants it um, and let people buy it with vault tokens even and kind of have it be a way for, you know, maybe keeping what's inside of the vault to be a little bit more clear and get the, get the airdrop out into the hands of someone who wants to use it. Uh, and then like the really crazy ones are more like, okay, let these people vote on what to do with it and all that. But we generally want to try to reduce governance overhead as much as possible. Um, kind of one of our like core principles of everything we build is we only want to have governance when it's like absolutely necessary.
Andy, with the airdrop, could you basically set it up where, like, if an airdrop comes, it if, if voted on earlier, it can be automatically fractionalized or fractionalized itself uh, to all the holders of the actual like parent asset. I I think so. It's something that we've been experimenting with. Um, I I think it would probably depend again, like the boring answer for a lot of this stuff is it really depends on a lot more kind of inside of any individual vault, but it's something we have been talking about, especially in the case of um, like with the infrastructure that we have for now, let's we've been talking about this more. So it seems like it would be possible to basically immediately when you get any other NFTs dropped into a vault, you just turn those into their own, uh, into their own new vault and have it be claimable by everyone. It, it does seem like that'd be possible, which I, I think is like probably the, the best solution, um, but also probably one of the more complicated ones. Yeah, that makes sense. sense. I, I have a very important question though. Uh, Dee's uh, posted a photo yesterday, you guys in a virtual meeting. Uh, what the hell was Joey doing? Like walking away from everyone and like turned around from the meeting. Bro, I I gotta I gotta stay moving. I'm like one of those people that is just like standing up, walking around all the time. So. He has a standing desk in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Standing desk. Gotta, in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, in the metaverse, Joey's quads and calves, huge. Yeah, giant. You guys just like, imagine you talking to Joey and just he's holding the W key down for three seconds and then the S key down for three seconds and then he's just doing that the entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has great APM in the metaverse. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny. But so so this is actually really interesting. Like, um it's it's uh I think um I think it's cool that you guys are bringing like this other way of like collecting as a group, right? That's kind of like the the foundation of how you know the company was started, right? Andy's like to be able to like collect uh, a, a fraction of an NFT and have governance uh, over said NFT as a group when you can't sell it for like let's say the noun. Noun is the best example obviously because you launch nounlets. Like a noun, like a daily noun goes for seventy to hundred ETH, right? And obviously it's not affordable to the, the average person. But now I'm looking at the nounlets website. Like despite the first one going for four point twenty six nine in true <laughs> NFT fashion, that's for the culture. It had to. It's great, but they're going around like what. 0.7, right? So really a fraction of, of that 70 ETH uh, price here. So I think it's pretty cool. Like, you know, what was the thought process behind, like, really wanted to put this forward uh, when you when you launched it? And, like, where do you see this go uh, in the future? As, you know, we were talking about Disney, and it's, like, all this mass adoption coming in. Not Obviously, not everyone's going to be able to afford a $150,000 NFT, right? So yeah. what is it, what, where do you see this going? Yeah, no, totally. I think that's one of the, one of the things that we also – really want to focus on and try to be the the go-to place for is I had a friend who was talking to someone about NFTs and the person was like, I have, you know, I have like a thousand dollars and I want to, or like 500 bucks and I want to get into NFTs. Like, but I'm, I also don't want to have to like do research on a million different projects. Where should I go? And he was like, honestly, I don't know where to tell you to go. Like there are not very many options for stuff like that. And so we, I, I'm really excited that Hopefully, especially as gas fees get cheaper and we can try to continue to make, you know, larger and larger kind of sets of these things. Because even, you know, even 0.7 ETH for the average person is probably still not like totally something that they're comfortable with. Um, But would really love to kind of find ourselves to be the premier place to come when you are curious and want to get involved and you want to learn about NFTs and and maybe do a little bit of governance here and there. I think it's like a really, really important thing that needs to exist in the space is just 
a way for someone to come in and not have to do 50 hours of research to know what projects are rugs and not rugs on OpenSea and be able to just like kind of participate in like a pretty low, low ask kind of way. So that's definitely something that we're really excited about. Yeah, I think that's a lot of the direction that we're trying to go with the like new website that we've been working on too, um, which is it should feel like a, a very like polished curated experience where you don't question like, hey, is, is this like a scam NFT? Is this just like some random thing that somebody put into a vault? It should all feel like, oh, these are all very, very legit different options. And I can just pick the one that's the most exciting to me. I don't have to think too much about, you know, questioning its legitimacy. That's that's actually pretty interesting. Mando, sorry to you. No, I guess the final question, which is um, maybe a bit touchy, but I wanted to know what you guys view on all the regulation stuff that could, that the, uh, I mean, these 1155s, it's not like you're owning shares and stuff. So I think it's a very interesting way of doing it. But what's, what's your view on how that is moving? I know, obviously, you, you don't want to, you can't say anything concrete, but let's say in an abstract way, like, what's your view on how that will shift over the coming years? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like, obviously, it's something that we spend a lot of time on and take very seriously. Uh, my general feeling, I have a lot of feelings on it, but uh, one, I think there's a pretty fundamental misunderstanding by most people about what it is, especially that we do and what what is possible with smart contracts. Um, most people we speak to think that our company custodies the NFTs that are put onto our platform and then create smart like NFT contracts or like ERC20 contracts and give people tokens. And that is just like 100% not what we do. Uh, and really kind of what our goal is, is to always build things that are truly decentralized and um, where we are not a required actor in kind of anything that's happening uh, in the same way that you can use Uniswap from a million different UIs and you know, we don't need Uniswap labs in order to interact. Uh, we really want to find ourselves in a similar place. Um, and, I, and so I think there's really just a ton of education and um, kind of making it clear to both regulators and users and everyone involved, like how do these systems actually work? How do smart contracts actually work? Um, what is actually happening when someone vaults an NFT or even just like, I think, and I think a lot of these questions even go far beyond just what we're doing and to the NFT and crypto space at large. Um, but I, I think it's like a, it's an uphill battle for sure. But I, th I think there's just a lot of education that needs to be done around how these things actually work and kind of what the, impl what the implications of them are. Can I ask, because obviously you are having conversations with people, like, how clued up do you find are the SEC around NFTs in general? Uh, I haven't had any conversations with like the actual SEC, thankfully, about any of this. Um, but in, in my conversations with like, uh, like a lot of IP lawyers and different like uh, regulatory lawyers in the space, based on their understanding and knowledge of NFTs, I'm going to say it's not very much. Um, and, and I don't really blame them. It's, it's like a, it's a very scary and different space than, than what they're used to. Um, but, you know, even when we've had calls with like our own lawyers who are like outside of our general counsel, who's awesome. Shout out to Adam. Um, he gets it. But like, you know, when, when he and I have a call with like our external counsel to like write terms and conditions for the site, we have to explain to them like, in very, very intense details how everything works. And even then, I still don't think they really understand what's happening. And so uh, it's just a lot of people who aren't native to this space and don't really understand a lot of the technical implement like implementations. And 
it's it's going to be a long uphill battle to to really make that stuff clear, and it's going to take a lot of work, kind of from everyone involved. Yeah, that's my view on it. It's it's just that if they haven't even come through with like, well, they're just starting to come through with stablecoin regulation. Like, I just can't even imagine when they'll get to this, or even understand it in the way that they probably need to to um, to get to it. Which I think is a good thing. In case kind of, of a federal regulation. No, wait, wait, wait. We have it. We have it. You don't need to go with it. Hold on. Give me a second. But Nancy oh. Pelosi's trading their bags. Well, after that. Entity or similar. I do not have any involvement with this group or with the people in it. I do not know how I'm here. Probably <laughs> by a third party. I do not support any <laughs> Mando, go ahead. <laughs> no, that was it. That was it. I think. I think. Uh, I can't imagine that they're they're going to be they're going to be quick to getting onto NFT regulation. No, but I, I do think it's a really good point, and it's something that like we've been talking about a lot. And fortunately, we have. Also, a bunch of pretty great investors who have been thinking about this stuff and policy stuff a lot is, you know, we see a lot of this. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the DeFi education space and, and crypto education space at large, but there aren't nearly enough policymakers and advocates fighting for NFT stuff. And I think, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of conversations, um, you know, so much of NFT Twitter is just like, up only wag me memeing about stuff. Uh, I don't think there are nearly enough people who are seriously taking serious how important it is that we uh, educate the people in charge about what it is that we're making and why it's cool and why it's interesting and what what it unlocks. Um, and something that a lot of people need to take a lot more seriously. How do you think? How do we go about something like that, though? Right? It's it's kind of complicated, right? Who who are the where would we go about like educating these people on, yeah. you know, like, cause it's, I agree with you. And, and obviously there needs to be a lot of work put into crypto in general, like in terms of like the education, like they don't even get crypto, bro. So it's kind of fucking NFTs now, let alone like a, something like Nounis, right. Or something like, even <laughs> yeah. something like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, we're like down there, you know, just like what they'll understand. Like, how do you think we can go about being better at like at that specifically? Yeah, I think, and I've, I've gotten into a couple of group chats about this. I think really the first step is trying to um, spin up or create or join w with like a new arm. One of the different kind of um, nonprofit uh, groups who are participating more so in like uh, in DC, whether it's blockchain association or coin fund or, all, or um, not coin fund, uh, coin center or all these different things. Um, I, I think that's probably the first step. And obviously like I am, I am by no means an expert on any of this stuff. I just spend a lot of time talking to people who are smarter than me about it. Um, but I, I think that would really be the first step is trying to just get a small kind of nonprofit fund together of, you know, advocates and policy, like people who are closer to DC and to the, to the regulators who do make these changes and um, need to try to figure out how to, how to regulate this stuff. Um, and there's some there's some conversations happening with different groups around that, and I'm sure it'll happen. Um, but I think that's really the first step. It's just like not a super like fun and, and sexy step, so I don't think people are crazy excited about it. Yeah, it's um, it'll be. Go ahead, Simon. We need more guidance. I think I'm sure. Yeah, a lot of this is and like, what's the safe harbor clause? What's the technical technological innovation act? Like those are the things we need to be looking into. Um, my also thought on it is like, look at the VCs that are investing a significant amount of capital into a lot of projects and protocols in this space. Like, okay, 
write a check as well. Like, let's go in and actually get some guidance on what we can or can't do. Like, don't leave it up to the people that have to scrape up pennies. Like, you guys got billions in the bank. Let's make some shit happen. But it, it's exciting, right? Like, you guys are, like, one of these companies that are, that are backed by, I like to think, like, some of the, the right people. If I'm not mistaken, you recently announced a raise, um, you know, with Duffy, Paradigm, Variant. Um, who, who, who led the raise? Uh, paradigm whatever paradigm yeah congrats on that by the way it's cool like honestly i like when like crypto native companies like y'all like and i'm seeing these names like when you go on the website you know it's like flamingo and variant and paradigm and delphi and it's like it's really cool like i think i think you're in a solid place like you know when it comes to um when it comes i don't know if you want to talk about you know your raise and like the name swap from 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 fractional to sarah like i thought it was super interesting that was super hype for you guys and for the space as a whole yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about the raise. We, we we're also we were really fortunate in kind of our timing in a lot of ways, and you know, thankful that we did it when we did. We um, raised twenty million dollars, um, and was like I said, was led by Paradigm. They led our first round as well, our seed, um, and we were also really fortunate to bring on like sixty different angels uh, through through this round, and so um, really excited to just have like a lot of the like NFT and, and crypto Twitter space who whose opinions I really trust and value. I, I think that's one of the things that we really wanted to allocate for as we've brought on more kind of uh, capital is just getting, bringing on people who are like actually going to use our applications and give us real feedback and, you know, really be advocates for, for what we're doing um, as opposed to just like trying to bring on a bunch of like celebrities who it's like fun to have their name on the cap table, but they probably will write you the check and never think about your company again. And so really excited about that. Um, and it was, it was nice to kind of be able to couple it alongside the name change because we didn't want to, uh, you know, announce our, announce our fundraise and then change our, like rug our name a few days later, or like a, a month later. And so it was a, it was fortunate timing to kind of allow those two things to coincide. But the, the name change definitely, it took a long time to, uh, to get right. I wanted to ask, because I know you're obviously on the trading side, like, what have been the biggest wins over the last 12 months if you've been investing in some of these fractions? Like, what have been, like, the big takeouts, stuff like that? And maybe if someone's to look on the platform now, like, what what do you think is the best, like, value? Like, what do you, what do you think is a cool thing that you can buy and which looks relatively cheap? Oh, yeah, give us the alpha. I don't think I can legally give financial advice, but some of the, the bigger wins I've seen are related to, like, the ape buyouts especially um, along when the ape coin came out. A lot of these vaults were made back in like early August or even late July when we launched. Shout out to apes. Dingling. Yeah, ape, but yeah, apes. Uh, I mean, Dingling's like board ape sweep vault sold for a crazy amount of money because it had so much claimable ape and everything. Um, that, that was probably one of the biggest ones that comes to mind for me. Uh, Justin Aversana's twin flame that sold for some crazy amount through um party bid to like fund a DAO. that one was crazy too i think it sold for like 500 some ETH at the time um <laughs> so those are two of the big ones that come to mind but like right now you know i i don't want to give any <laughs> financial advice on what i see as like a trading opportunity on the platform no worries we'll have to look ourselves um, there's some interesting yeah. stuff like there's i'm looking at it, Mando. there's like there's 20 there's what 26 vaults with apes 
26 by Yakuba, there's 28 CryptoPunk vaults. There's don't, don't forget about Jay's uh, photo vault. We got to get props to the vault. artist. There's a super yeah. yeti vault. There's there's some there's... <laughs> the original photo vaults were other some crazy ones where like big groups of artists, yeah, really well known made vaults of like some grail work. Um, and then I think something happened with time, and then yeah, like time owns those. Time bought it out, right? I remember yeah. there was three OG like drifter shoots, one of ones with like there was the cast of Mars ones. There was. Uh, John's and JN's and Dave Krugman, like there's, yeah. there was like early on, like a lot of people put some vaults in there that are, there's, it's interesting to follow um, those vaults actually. People yeah, shout put- out to Mel. I, Mel was the big driver behind, I think, getting people to experiment with the platform back then, and she brought some really cool people together to to make some badass vaults. Yeah, those vaults are crazy. Shout out to Mel. Yeah, shout out to Mal. I remember buying into those vaults uh, early on. It was like it was really cool. It's like you know, it's you know, fractional ownership is, is is interesting. I mean, in the in the more like traditional collectibles market, you have a bunch of companies that have been very successful doing so, right? So it's interesting to see someone like spearheading that in on the NFT side of things, right? And so I think it's uh it's super super hyped. I mean, Joey, before we close up, I'd love to go to you, brother. Maybe if you have some thoughts, some closing thoughts here, and, and you know some things you're excited about uh, when it comes to the future of Tessera. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I was just going to jump on to the last convo too. I think we've been really fortunate that like so many people within the community have decided to kind of like put their work on our platform. And I think that's made for a bunch of really exciting bolts. Um, I think also, I don't think Andy will be upset if I say, but I think we probably like pumped the brakes a little bit on some of the reaching out to people and, and pushing for them to kind of like put content onto fractional as we've been sort of revisiting our smart contracts um, and kind of thinking about like what the new platform might look like. And so um, I think that will start to ramp up again. Like now um, we also have Brandon who I think is in the audience and he's been kind of handling a lot of the sort of like talking to content creators, talking to different people who have high value NFTs and assets um, about potentially working together on like the new Tessera platform. Um, and so I think, that, that's kind of what I'm most excited for. And that, that's like most of what my job is right now is like, hey, like we've learned a lot from Fractional over the last year. Um, how do we translate all of those learnings into like a really, really clean uh, sort of like high, high polish experience for what Tessera looks like, at least for kind of like our, um, our initial release of it. And then how do we continue to sort of like scale that over the next couple of months? How do we continue to add more features that people want? How do we get really compelling content that people are excited about? Um, and then continue to do the type of like experimentation and stuff that I think gets Andy really excited, which is like the Nounlet stuff. Um, there was also like a thing with Parallel that we did. Um, any of the sort of like one-off side projects that I think um, are, are like the really fun part. And we want to be able to kind of offer both, you know, this really core like collective ownership experience and then like more fun experimentation um, and like trying out new things or trying out different modules or like really kind of like going for it um, with some of the, the one-offs. Yeah, that's super cool. I know you guys are really like um, building some dope shit over to Sarah. I have a, I have a, a Babaroha Redbeard <laughs> down there. Oh, the, what's the... DMing me, <laughs> asking me, uh, asking me to ask you. He says, "Ask to Sarah about the four slash four slash tool. It's pretty cool." Oh yeah, so <clears throat> this is the the parallel thing that Joey mentioned really briefly and i think this kind of fits into 
another reason why we were excited to change our name. Um, and, you know, we've kind of re like changed how we talk about things. Say we're excited about collective ownership as opposed to just purely fractional ownership. Um, and I think it, that parallels a good example of that. And so in you can cash um, your cards in what are called parasets. For those who aren't familiar, it's basically like a set of anywhere from like five cards to 50, depending on the, uh, on the, the set. And you can cash those to earn prime tokens, uh, but you need to have a full set. And so there are a lot of sets that aren't, that are incomplete where different people have like different cards from the set. And so you can't, people can't cash to, to earn prime. And so what we created is uh, something we call binders where users can come together and you can make a binder for a particular set and deposit all of your cards. And then other people can come to the site and kind of see what cards are needed for particular binders and maybe add their own. And it allows for kind of different people to all come together and pool together their cards to then be able to cash them to earn prime. Um, it, it's a, it was a really fun one. It, um, it's still live now. If you go to parallel.tessera.co, you can see kind of any binders that are currently live and what, what cards they need. Uh, it's a pretty, it's an awesome website that our, my co-founder and our CTO, Nate, made basically all by himself. Um, it's really fun. And then all the payouts are done using 0x splits, which is a, a dope kind of um, token payment splitting protocol that's totally free to use. That's pretty cool. Damn. Okay. That's dope. Well, I'm excited for, for whatever you guys got coming up. I mean, clearly there's a lot, a lot happening over there at Sarah. And, uh, and obviously, you know, bullish on you guys, bullish on these, bullish on Andy, Joey, and the whole team over there. Uh, and, you know, wish you all the, all the best uh, for the future and excited to see whatever you guys are going to come with next. I think I'm going to go ahead and try and get me one of those downlets. Not going to lie, but there is there is some time. I do have some time. <laughs> I was checking it out. I think <laughs> yeah, you've, I got, you've got a little bit of time. Yeah, we're 24. Okay, we're just a 24 out of 100. So I have time. Maybe I'm going to try and go for number 69, but I'm assuming those ones always going to have a premium. Um, that might be a hot one. <laughs> yeah, the hot ones, right? Always number one and number sixty nine. But <laughs> but um, it's I think it's really cool the concept of that because I've always wanted to like join the um, Nas DAO. We we're talking about yesterday with 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 a couple of people from from the from the DAO. So I think it's a fun fun way to 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 try and you know get your get your feet wet and and play around uh, with that community. So it's a lot of fun. Anyway, so with that uh, that concludes the show. Uh, it's 12. I didn't even realize we went, we went a little bit over. The church bells are ringing in Montreal. You know the vibes. Big shout out to our special guests, Joey, Andy, and Dees of Tessera for coming on today. And uh, big kudos as well, as usual, to my co-hosts, OSF and Mando. And thank you to our guests, Lindsay, 5511, Simon, and the rest of the fine. Of course, Golden Crypto who's going to upload a thread in a couple of minutes uh, recapitulating the show. And then we're going to be uploading it across all major platforms where you can find all of our previous shows if you just look up GMNFTs, Rug Radio, and whatnot. And with that, I hope you all have a beautiful day. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Special guest Grant Ewan. Super excited about that one. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of GMNFTs on Rug Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. A GM, GM. On this beautiful day. A good morning, NFTs. With Baroko, Sep, and Mando. Got the Alpha on Web 3. And it's all on the road radio. It's a beautiful day.